you just finished um, on what Christmas Day the the very long run of um, um, uh, comedy film nerds. Yes, right, comedy. Yes, and that ran what ten years and six hundred and one episodes. Yeah, I believe, probably right? more than that. We probably, if you count them all up, we probably there's some episodes we put it behind a paywall. There's a bunch of uh, unnumbered episodes yeah. we just dropped as bonuses. So we probably got somewhere in the six oh five to six ten range. But we just wow, yeah, you know, that's so a you lot. never missed a week. <laughs> like never. Chris. Oh my god! I mean, we always wow. tried to make sure something dropped, even if we were like both out of town. We would pre-record stuff. Damn, um, that is setting a mighty high bar, huh? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. All right. Um, and and then there was some overlap with um, political vigilante, your 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 politics podcast as well. So how long did that overlap? Yeah, I st- I've literally January second of twenty seventeen is when I launched the first political vigilante episode. Um, me literally sitting at my kitchen table reading the L.A. Times was how it began. Uh, I had 164 <laughs> subscribers and I just now ca- crossed 58,000. Damn. So I've been doing, that's... yeah, 10 to 12 videos for that a week. Oh my God. So that that's, and that's... Comedy Film Rates was a lot. And then so you, because you weren't busy enough, somehow you added in earbuds to <laughs> the podcast, the podcasting documentary on top of the two? No, 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 no. I'm not that insane. That I did, I did, uh, <laughs> we did earbuds we started the Kickstarter for it in 2014. Uh, we shot it in 2014 and part of it in 2015 and then um, finished it and took it to festivals in 2016 and got distribution somewhere after that, 27. So Earbuds was like done in the books when before I started the Political Vigilante. Okay. Thank God. Okay. But I was, Thank God, I was yeah. though in 2018, I was directing a TV show uh, and doing vigilante and comedy films. <laughs> good God! That was God. that was uh, a little nuts. But and and what drugs are fueling you is all I want. Because I, <laughs> I want some. <laughs> I yeah. It's I wish I'm like sober and just I got to eat healthy. It's the yoga Man. and surfing. I guess is what fuels oh, me. Oh my lord! I, I was I was afraid you'd say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Eileen yeah, is a former Californian, right? <laughs> you run away. Ah, surfing, God damn it! Surf, everyone's so outdoorsy. It did not suit me at all, and I was there for decades. Oh my god! <laughs> anyway, so we were obviously we were really fascinated by by your documentary. Um, it, it just has the strongest take, at least how it starts. Well, I believe it, 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 as far as. Um, really focusing on this kind of very warm community building aspect of podcasting. Uh, so much so that I really felt like saying to Evgenia, are we in the, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, I, we're not I don't warm. Know we're, <laughs> I don't know. We're, we're kind of dark, angry <laughs> types. I don't know. Are we doing that? I feel, I feel like you know, yeah, we don't fit here. Um, but I wondered, um, was that the impulse behind making the documentary that you were very much conscious of that and wanted to celebrate it? Or did you just wait in saying, let's try to define the medium we're in and you arrived at that? No, it was the former. We had started to see what, you know, we started doing comedy film nerds in uh, December, December of 2009. Mm-hmm. And, the couple years prior is when sort of all of the comedians and not all, but many comedians in LA started podcasting. That's when this whole like 2006, 2007 is when all these people started doing podcasts and we were all sort of like, Hey, what is this new thing? 
Mm-hmm. Um, I even did a podcast, I think in 06 or 07 called uh, Comedians in Combat, uh, which was mm-hmm. just interviewing other comedians because I have done a bunch of uh, comedy tours in Afghanistan and Iraq for the military and every comic that went over there had crazy stories. So we all were just sort of, I just wanted to hear, I bring comics on every week and they tell their insane stories of being shot at and doing Mm -hmm. a show and all this stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. excuse me. So I, we started to see now I'm, I'm someone that, you know, I, I used to, I hosted game shows. I've done late night TV. I've done over 300 episodes of television. So I came up in the very sort of traditional show business environment Mm -hmm. and we all of us kind of did Mark Maron, Chris Hardwick, Aisha Tyler, Doug Benson, like all these people that just sort of like, Hey, I can just talk into my computer in my living room. Okay. And we started to see the reaction from fans was way more personal than any sort of TV or movie any of us had done. Mm-hmm. And we all were like, wow, the emails we would get, the, oh my God, your podcast helped me get through this, you know, fill in the blank, tough situation. And so we were like, man. And then we decided to start in 2012. We did a Kickstarter for the Los Angeles Podcast Festival. Dave Anthony came to Chris Mancini and myself and said, let's do a festival. Mm-hmm. And we were like, all right, let's kickstart it. We brought in Andy Wood, who helped start the um, Bridgetown Comedy Festival up in Portland. And we were just like, let's see. And the fans overwhelmingly supported it. And so we saw in person, well, I saw in person two ways. One on the road, when I would go on the road as a stand-up comic, and a lot of times I was opening up for Doug Benson, and he has a very popular Doug Loves Movies podcast. I saw Mm -hmm. the transition from his audience go from the fans that watched him on TV on shows like Best Week Ever and Last Comic Standing to then Mm -hmm. this movie podcast crowd started showing up. And they would sit in the front row and they'd wear movie t-shirts and make movie posters for his podcast. And they were so invested, way more than anybody that had seen Doug or myself on television. Mm-hmm. And so we saw this community start to form and how it meant to people. And, and these, they come up and, you know, and, and, and all the stuff that's, that's featured in earbuds, like our fan Sanai in Japan, who she became a part of our show and we talk about her and joke mm-hmm. about her. And then when the earthquake right. happened in, in March of 2011, I believe in Japan and all of our fans mm-hmm. jumped online to make sure she was okay. And we got these, a letter from an email from her and another fan in Japan telling us who was also interviewed Andy Utek. And it was like, wait a minute. I never got emails like this when I hosted game shows. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> you know, you saved my life on that game show. <laughs> yeah, especially when I did the game show Strip Poker. I don't think a lot of lives were saved uh, with that. Um, maybe young men's spank banks, but I think that was about it. Uh, um, and young women, I'm sure, enjoyed the spank bank ability of that show. I don't want to discriminate. Uh, of course. But like, you know. And I never got these. So we saw that we saw that it was there and it was, um, 2014, we were getting ready to do our third year of the podcast festival. And, um, someone was like, Hey, I was, someone had tried to do a podcast documentary the year prior and they just couldn't, they came and shot some stuff and they just couldn't get it off the ground. They came to our festival. Um, Wait, so you're one of the organizers, right, of the festival? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Okay. Um, and um, 
So we were heavily, and we created, and when we started doing the podcast festival, we saw the community live. They showed up, and people were just like, it was such an amazing environment, the podcast festival. I think you showed a little bit of that in the in the yes. film. It was like intercut. Yeah. But you know, yeah. one thing that, again, surprised me is that what the hell is like, if podcast is a medium, kind of almost like a new, more personalized radio, if it's a medium, how is it a community? What does it mean to be like, what is a podcast fan? Like as if, imagine if I said like, I, I'm a TV fan, I'm a radio fan. It's just a medium. I, I might like something mm-hmm. that is like available in that medium but it surprises me that there is like a phenomenon of a podcast fan what the hell is that well that's a great question and that's the thing we started to realize and one of the impetuses of doing earbuds was that the fan you watch tv it's a passive interaction and that the the performers are very much kind of at a distance and there's layers between them where the, the people listening to this show we're literally in their ears right now while they're at work while they're driving while they're they're hanging out i mean i would hear all these different versions of oh i have this boring data entry job so i listen to you guys or i have a long commute so i listen to your show or you know this woman go my husband and i on sundays is when we clean our home and we turn on your and a couple other podcasts and it plays in the background so it's like the consumption of the podcast is a way more personal thing. You have to wear earphones. You're not sort of like TV. You can be looking at your phone and kind of doing other reading. It's sort of in the background, maybe um, depending on the level of investment you have with the show. But podcast, you're really and the podcast or the comedian conversational podcast you reveal personal things about yourself so like this is just a conversation between three people about movies so the listener feels like they're kind of sitting at the table with us like we're all just kind of hanging out drinking tea and and they're a part of this personal conversation so that's i think what the medium itself uh lends itself to a more personal connection with the listener so then access to sort of like intimate space of this like strangers is what appealing to people, right? They like mm-hmm. they yeah. have access to sort of at least what seems like an intimate space. Yes. But then does it mean I mean me Eileen we're already talking about it. It means that these people kind of plugged in or like to be plugged in it's some kind of virtual reality, especially if they're like in Japan or Australia and they listen to LA. I mean what the hell are they that lonely? Is it societal anime? You know, it you can look at no, you can look at it from a completely different perspective. So they're not they don't have anyone was this to. movie too positive for you is that oh it's very well <laughs> it was so wholesome I was alarmed yeah we were, no, this is, we, and I really wonder we really speculated like did, like, did, uh, did they interview podcasters who just didn't make the cut because they because they it wasn't as you know affirming yeah. I, I'll tell you why it's because to me and again not so wholesome it's a little terrifying to think of course we love having people listen obviously but the idea that you know I'm some sort of vitally important <laughs> I don't want to be a vitally important lifeline it's too sort of like that old proverb you know you save a life and you're responsible for it <laughs> the kind of terror weight of people care too much maybe 